0: Is going on, Love Tribe?
1: Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. If this is your first episode or your two hundredth episode. Thank you
0: for are we, listening. Are we over two hundred yet?
1: <laughs> we are. yes. Yes, we made it.
0: That is pretty awesome. Thank you for joining us here today for another great episode where we welcome Dr. Eileen Cohen, and she is a psychotherapist, professor, blogger, and author of the popular self-help books, when it's never about you and it's within you. And today we talk about roles in the relationship.
1: Yeah, today we talked with Eileen about the importance of having those conversations in your relationship about the roles and duties that each person does so that there is never a huge blow up when things aren't going as planned.
0: There are a lot of reasons to to communicate about the roles and it's a a big part of being in a relationship. It's like the role when you live alone is like, well, you do everything (laughs) and if you don't do it, then you have to live uh, with dirty dishes and a dirty house or taking care of the dog or whatever. But when you're in a relationship, things got to not necessarily balance out because it's not all about balance. And Eileen uh, and Sarah and I dive into that in today's show. So check it out. As always, we appreciate you guys for tuning in and enjoy today's show.
1: That's sparkmyrelationship.com slash unlock. Hi, Eileen. Thank you so much for joining us back on the show. Hi. Thank you for having me.
0: Eileen, we like to start the show with having you tell us and our listeners why you enjoy helping people improve their relationships.
2: Well, I think that relationships are probably one of the most important things in our lives. So it would be vital to have good relationships. And in order to have that, they do take a lot of work and you know, open communication and back and forth. So I think um, as much as we would love to think, oh, we're going to have relationships and they're going to be awesome and that's it. (laughs) Sometimes we do need a little bit of help. In order to get to a good place. So that's kind of why I enjoy doing what I do. And I'm helping people get to better places in their relationships.
0: We love it. And we love to be able to have people like yourself on to get that information for ourselves, and for ourselves and for our listeners. And we say it a lot, and it bears repeating that relationships take work. And even in a seemingly happy relationship, like people are evolving and they're changing and our roles are changing in the relationship and we change as individuals throughout life. And and so we need to check in with our partner, with ourselves and do that work. In today's episode, we're going to zero in and talk about roles within the relationship and, and how they evolve and how we can use them or navigate them, communicate about them to have a better relationship. So let's jump in and talk about establishing roles and how we can communicate about them. And then we'll talk maybe more specifically about gender roles and, and parenting. That's a big one that Sarah and I um have some questions about. Uh so let's just jump in. How how can roles create issues in a relationship or lack of roles? Well, I
2: think this is something that couples don't tend to think about till maybe they get married and have kids. A lot of the times we meet somebody and we fall in love and we're enjoying their company. We're having a good time. And until maybe even just moving in or yeah, getting the marriage or the kids, do we think, okay, who's going to do what? (laughs) And what happens And a lot of us bring into our relationships what we've seen growing up. So how our parents did it. And either we'll have a strong aversion to it and say, I'm not going to do it that way. Or we kind of say, oh, this is how it's been done. So I'm going to do it. And not a lot of people talk about it before. So I think um, both people come in with these ideas about what their role is going to be. And then until conflict happens, then that's when they start talking about it. Usually, people we would love to think everything just flows nicely. You know, we we move in, we have a committed relationship, or we decide to get married, have kids, and everything flows so nicely because we're in love. But I think that's when those things start coming up and need to be discussed: is who's going to take care of what, um, what what does payment of the bills look like, what does it mean to be a good partner, who's going to do what, and that's really not a sexy conversation to have. So I think that's why it doesn't come up until there is conflict about it.
1: So let's say our listeners are relating to that and maybe they're going through some conflict managing the roles in their relationship. What would be the best way to start that dialogue with their partner to initiate these boundaries and roles in the relationship?
2: So what most of us do is we don't talk about it till we're in the fight and argument and we tell the other person what they need to do. To make the changes and what roles they need to play. <laughs> Though, um, what I found the best way to communicate about roles is when you're not in that space of discussing it when you're angry, where it becomes an argument, more trying to have a conversation about it. Um, and again, bringing in your ideas about what you see your role being coming from, you know, maybe we are parental figures or past or your ideas instead of really pushing on to your partner, what they need to make changes about. So I like to talk to people about thinking about what they think their role should be, what that looks like and communicating that to their partner and then asking their partner what they see their role as and where that perspective came from and where those ideas came from and making it more of a conversation versus Telling your partner what they need to do and what roles they need to play and how they can, you know, make you more comfortable.
1: Does that make sense? Absolutely. And it's like you said, it's so much easier to have this dialogue and discussion when you're not in the heat of the moment because those conversations, we know, never turn out (laughs) like they're supposed to. And usually people end up saying things that they regret.
2: Exactly. And they blame and get upset. And then nothing's accomplished. And then they calm down, but nothing happens. No real change takes place. Um, so I think the real way for for change to make place, especially in regards to roles, is having those conversations when you're calm. And then also speaking about what you're willing to do, what your role is. And then I think your partner then is more open about, okay, what they were thinking about, how they can contribute and who they want to be in the relationship.
1: Do you have any advice for, not necessarily women, I guess really either person in the partnership, to kind of give them some advice on how to go about thinking about the roles that they want? Because I know, like you said, sometimes people just automatically revert to what they're used to when they're grown up, but maybe that's not what they envision or inspire. And they just need a little bit of help to kind of figure out what they want out of their relationship regarding their roles.
2: Yeah. So the first thing would be to think about it and to become more aware, because a lot of us, like you said, we just automatically do it without thinking deeper about it. Oh, this is just the way it's been done in my family. So I'm going to do it this way, you know, and a lot of the history of family, men or women, men are prescribed a certain role and women are prescribed a certain role and um, that's it. (laughs) But now times are changing. And people's ideas are changing about roles. And we don't only have actually heterosexual couples, we have same-sex couples. There's so many different types of couples now that we need to, I think, dig a little bit deeper and think about what roles we want and who we want to be. So I think one thing would be to think about really our core values and who it is that um, we want to be and how we want to contribute to our, our relationship. And have that sense of self um, before and during you can kind of gain that while in relationship with the person that you're with, so um, and not just relying on you know the the ideas that you you grew up with. So trying to come up with your own and working on that with your partner instead of having it, like I was saying before, a combative thing, having it more of a communication thing where you can both grow together. And, um, and, and not just think that each other are going to be mind readers and you're just going to go on autopilot about who's going to do what. Does that answer your question? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. So I'm thinking about these roles and, and Sarah and I actually haven't had an explicit conversation necessarily like defining our roles, but we'll talk about things like, okay, I'm going to. I'm gonna cook, or it's almost unset at this point. Like if I cook dinner, Sarah will likely clean up, and there is, you know, we've each had these these roles established, or vice versa, or now with a kid, that, that changes a lot of things. But if I I'll cook dinner and clean up, and while I'm cleaning up, Sarah is getting Stella ready for bed, and that has kind of worked, but sometimes there might be a little discrepancy and often that's when one of Sarah's smiling because <laughs> <laughs> when I said discrepancy, Uh but it, it's kind of worked maybe unsaid, but I imagine it'd probably be more productive if we explicitly had a conversation about these. Like, how do you see this? Obviously every couple is different, but how do you see, a way that we could navigate this better or in a, in a similar situation with another couple.
2: Well, that's good when you're checking in and seeing, okay, we've been doing this this way, but is this working for you? Um, It's working for me, but is this, I see sometimes maybe you don't seem happy about it Um, and having that discussion because I think especially us women, we expect our men to be mind readers and know what we're thinking, and and sometimes men have no idea if we're upset about something or something's not working for us. So it would be important to speak up, especially if things have become so routine, and um, for both couples to check in to see. Okay, well, this is we've been doing it this way. Like uh, it seems fair. I'm doing one thing, and you're doing the other. But with some nights, you want to switch off. Would you like to cook some nights, and I take care of? Our um, child, you know, things like that. And, and everything, different things are going to work for different couples and coming, coming to that through the conversation. But I think that's a great thing to bring up because sometimes one partner might not, might think everything's going fine and you're in like a routine and one, you know, the other person, in the relationship isn't necessarily happy about it, but we won't know until that discussion comes
0: up. That makes a lot of sense. And you mentioned routine, and especially in a long-term relationship, or pretty fast in a new relationship, you settle in to these routines. And yeah, we're not mind readers, both sexes. Sarah, Sarah's not reading <laughs> my mind. You can't read my, my mind. mind. <laughs> not yet. I'm trying. sometimes. Keep
1: practicing.
0: But but it it is. I like that checking in, and we could apply this to really. Everything in a relationship is like checking in about your sexual intimacy, checking in about your roles. And it might even cause you to pause and and think about, oh, yeah, I'm not okay with this. Like, you might not even be feeling it. Like, I might not Mm -hmm. even be like, man, you know, I really dislike cooking dinner every night, but I just kind of do it because that's the habit. And then if Sarah was like, hey, are you okay cooking dinner every night? might cause me to pause and, and be like, nah, maybe not. Maybe I want to put sell it a bit, like, you know what I mean? Like to be mm-hmm. more consciously aware and, and take that pause to really think about these roles that we've sort of fell into a lot of times.
2: Exactly. And I think a lot of people that what they do is they're in, like you said, the routine and they're in the habit. And also we as humans, it's easy for us just to avoid you know, this, I'm not so into what I'm doing, but I'm just going to do it. I don't want to bring up a fight. I don't want, you know, this to cause conflict and whatever. We kind of just brush it under the rug and anticipate that if we do bring up, you know, a difference of opinion or, or that we're not so content with something that we're just going to create problems. So we'll just kind of go with it. But I think, like um, you were saying, it's important and we're not mind readers and to kind of maybe set a new routine or or check in and figure out what's really going on.
1: And I think it's important to, when you have the conversation with your partner, to almost talk about the the boundaries among the boundaries, if that makes sense. Like some people are, like I have girlfriends who like have a checklist of like, the tasks of everybody in that family. And if it gets off track, it's like a big deal. So almost talking about what happens when it doesn't go smoothly so that the communication is, is handled properly. Because like with Chase and I, we do have those kind of flexible roles, but Chase and I are both pretty laid back. So if they, if they don't go that way for one day, then we kind of move on. We try not to make it a big deal. But in some relationships, it can, Become a very big deal.
2: I like what you said, the word flexible. I think that it's, yes, it's great to have roles, but we're also human and we might have a bad day or things change. So it is important to be flexible and not so rigid and have such high expectations that things need to be a certain way every day because in reality, that's not how life works. Um, Things happen and being able to trust in your partner enough and yourself. That if you need to change things a little bit, it doesn't mean that the world and everything's going to fall apart. Um, That it's okay to kind of not have control over everything all the time.
0: So I love how you you talked about examining how we view roles from our childhood. So we we look at our parents as these figures and we, we see the roles that they carry out. And that's probably how we're going to carry into our relationships, whether it's expectations of our partner or ourself. And then we have culture that has this impression of the gender roles that we are supposed to, if I'm a male, I'm the breadwinner and I'm supposed to be the protector of the household, all these kind of cultural stereotypes. So can you talk a little bit about recognizing those, what those might be explicitly in how they're changing?
2: Yeah. So these, I mean, we're in um, 2019 now, and we think that we're so evolved until we get married and have kids. And then we're back in the 1940s. (laughs) I mean, it happens. It happened to me. Um, I'm like, I'm so evolved. I'm a working mom. And then all of a sudden it's subconscious. You slip into these roles. And even though like women are working more now, they're still expected to do so much in the household and we do it until we kind of get burnt out. And that's just a generalization. I'm not saying that every, every household is different, but just from a cultural and history, historical perspective to generalize a bit. Um, I've seen it a lot that before, if you decide to get married and you have kids um, and you think it's going to be a certain way, then you get married. I see a lot of people just falling into, you know, women taking care of the household, men going to work and having less of an expectation at home. And then also, though, the thing that throws everything off in the dynamics is that the women are working as well. And there's a lot more on their plate. And then the conversation needs to come up about kind of who does what and really examining what roles that the people are going to play and how the culture plays a part in it without thinking it's the truth of how your household needs to be. I don't, and I, I also see a lot of people coming to me to say, oh, it needs to be 50-50, which would be very idealistic and amazing, but I don't know if we're necessarily there yet as a culture. I think that every couple needs to examine, you know, what works for them. And not really kind of take score and not really say, okay, well, I want to do it, you know, this way because it's always been that way, done that way. So I think it's about balancing it, seeing, okay, what am I doing subconsciously for my culture? Is it working for my current relationship? And, um, you know, examining those roles, communicating with your partner about it. And um, I think it's important to concentrate more on like what you expect from yourself, not only from your partner. Because I think a lot of us um, hyper focus on what our partners can do and how they can change, and you know what roles they need to to take. But I think it's important for us to look within ourselves, examine all of that, and then kind of talk as a couple about what's expected. And then at the same time, what we're talking about before being flexible so I know that's I'm saying a lot at once and it's kind of confusing but um I think that it's very important to do all of that in order to come you know to a place where um the couple feels like they've kind of made their own family without just going through the motions and you know subconsciously repeating patterns from from our history does that make sense
1: it does and I I think it's important to talk a little bit more about what you said about it really depends on the relationship that a lot of people think it should be 50-50. But if one couple in the couple, if one person really enjoys cleaning and they do 90% of it and it works for the relationship, then that's good. That's a good thing. It's And then maybe the other partner... Does 90% of something else. So not necessarily they have to split the cleaning and the housework and everything. It's, it's really so dependent on the individual couple and what works for them. But first, we want to tell you about today's sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by Indochino.
0: Indochino is the world's most exciting made-to-measure menswear company. They make suits and shirts to your exact measurements for an unparalleled fit and comfort. And if you're engaged in planning a wedding, they have tons of options for outfitting all your groomsmen. If you're planning a beach wedding, they have a variety of casual shirts as well as tuxedos and dress shirts for more formal weddings. Our wedding was the first time I had a suit tailored to my measurements, and it makes a huge difference. I'm six three. I got long legs, and usually pants don't really fit that well. So it was nice to like not feel like they're riding all up on me, and like my entire socks were showing.
1: And they looked really nice. Oh, thanks. And if
0: Indochina was around then, I would have loved to use them because it's super easy and they have a wide selection of high quality fabrics and colors to choose from with the ability to personalize the details, including your lapel, lining, pockets, buttons, and writing your own monogram.
1: Our listeners can get any premium Indochino suit for just 359 at indochino.com when entering do at checkout. That's 50% off the regular price for a made-to-measure premium suit. Plus, shipping is free. That's indochino.com, promo code Ido for any premium Indochino suit for just 359 and free shipping. An incredible deal for a premium made-to-measure suit.
0: Once you go custom, you you... don't
1: go back.
0: (laughs) Thank you, Sarah.
1: (laughs) Today's episode is also brought to you by our course, Spark My Relationship.
0: You're listening to the podcast, so you probably want to create more passion, improve your communication, and build a stronger, more intimate connection with your partner. And if you can do it in less than 90 days, even better. We say it all the time on the show, a mediocre relationship is easy, but a passionate, authentic, and satisfying relationship takes work. It doesn't just happen on its own. And that's why Sarah really did all the heavy lifting on this, created (laughs) this course with the therapist that we've had on the show to really help you with the specific tools, exercises needed to create the lasting and positive improvements rather than just listening to the show and not really implementing them. This is a great way to have some accountability in a structured format to put the tools that we talk about on the show into practice. You can do
1: this in 90 days, you can do it from home, and it is self-paced. So it is perfect for turning up the heat in your relationship, having some fun together, and really revolutionizing your intimacy and communication. And like Chase mentioned before, we've worked with 15 psychologists and therapists to bring you the strategies that marriage therapists teach their clients. And just some of those strategies are how to eliminate unhelpful old habits, develop mindful awareness to help improve stress management, learn healthy and successful communication tools, create a deeper more intimate bond and strengthen your couple microculture and future together. So for our listeners only, we are offering a special promo for the course. You can find it at sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock, and you can access a special pricing just for you guys. So again, check out sparkmyrelationship.com forward slash unlock for your special promo.
0: Check it out. Don't waste (laughs) any more time. Do Do it.
2: exactly so if you for example looked at my household i just the type of work i do i work less hours than my husband and he works a lot more hours so for us we had to come to was it necessarily fair and work for our relationship if i expected him to do just as much as me in the household if he's working you know maybe 20 more hours than i am um so we had to come you know to our own thing that worked for us just like any other couple, and kind of changing our expectations. No, just because you're working more hours, not saying okay, now you don't have to do anything in the house. But what am I going to do with you know the amount of hours I work with our children, and and what do I expect to do in the house, and what is it that you're willing to do with with the type of job that you have and those demands? So, um, not really. Cu- you can't really have a pre-written script because Times have changed. Every situation is different. I do have some friends where the woman works more than the man. So what is it um, that, that you expect from each other and also with, um, you know, any kind of relationship?
0: The checking in and communication is so key here. And I'm thinking recently, Sarah has, uh, she started a weddings and events business here in Nosara, Costa Rica last year, and she's just had her first few weddings over the last month. And that's super intense, especially the day before and the day of the wedding, like she's full on 15 hour days. And so leading up to that, Sarah communicated with me, hey, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we have the wedding. I need you to, to be on Stella. Basically, that's that's all she said but it's like
2: it's like <laughs> I understand
0: like that means I'm I need to make clear my schedule make myself available and she's telling me this you know over a week out too she's not springing it on me which is really important and that saves a lot of potential conflict and potential frustration where she could even be less clear in that communication and and say like hey could you maybe watch Stella I'm I'm going to be busy but she's like but then there's some ambiguity but she's like I need you Stella all day <laughs> and I'm like all right
1: figure it out <laughs>
0: done, right like done and and I may not like that necessarily but you know we don't have to these are the things we do in a relationship right and in we're a team that's and that's what I was thinking when we started this conversation of these roles are they they're team roles. And on a, on any sports team, I played basketball growing up. It's like you have your role and the better the team is, more than likely the better everyone knows their role all the way down to the coach, to the manager on the bench. And, and that makes the team function well. And this is in business and, and life in general. So uh, a, a relationship with a romantic partner is no different. So the more clear... You can be and the more communicative and and at the right times, like we talked about, not five minutes before bed, just like you wouldn't do it five minutes before the game starts, like explaining each player's role, uh, the more successful the relationship is going to be.
2: Exactly. And for sure. And to play off of that team idea, it makes a lot of sense. And just like with any kind of team, if one player is over-functioning or doing too much, the rest of the players end up under-functioning and not performing at their best. So I think if we are thinking of as a team effort, everybody needs to do their part and realize kind of what that is through, like you said, communication. And then the team can can have a better game and kind of be be together on it and function better.
0: I can imagine if one partner is carrying the load or or they even just think that they're carrying an unfair amount of work then resentment builds and that is definitely something we want to avoid
2: exactly resentment and distance and it can have a big effect on any relationship so if you if you feel like you're doing too much and your your partner isn't doing enough and that it all falls on you you're going to be upset angry Um, and that's not good for a relationship. So, but a lot of people, instead of, you know, facing it, facing it, they kind of just keep doing what they're doing and, um, just let the resentment build.
0: So how does this manifest in real life? So someone's listening. They're like, yeah, we need to address the role situation in our relationship. They put it on the calendar and, and have a meeting and to talk to the partner, how can they bring this communication up in a productive way?
2: Well, the best way to bring up anything is to talk first about yourself and how you can improve you and what you're willing to do, the changes that you're make, willing to see in order to make, you know, the team work and your relationship to work. Um, Because I think a lot of partners to change and and have the other person change in order to make us feel better. Or do things like, say, if you don't see your partner that they're doing enough and you want them to do more, instead of focusing on wanting them to do more, maybe focusing more on what you're willing to do. Like, this is the part I'm willing to play. This is the role in this marriage that I want to play. And then putting it on your partner, what is it that you're willing to contribute? What do you see as your role in this relationship or as if you have kids as a parent and then laying it on them after you have explained um, what you're willing to do, how you're willing to improve yourself in order to make changes? So a lot of people say, well, I can't force my partner to do more. So you're willing then as the partner that does more to say, "Okay, this is what I'm doing. I'm not going to do X, Y, Z anymore. and. I'm willing then to speak up in the situations that I think that you need to do more. So that's what you're willing to do. Not necessarily telling um, your partner, they need to do this, this, and this, and then looking at each situation and saying, are they doing it? You know, and getting upset. Um, so let me maybe give an example to make it easier. If you're always the one, you know, cooking and cleaning up and Um, your partner is just hanging out and you want them to maybe if you cook for them to do the dishes or for them maybe to cook some nights and they do the dishes, you say, I'm willing to cook Monday, Tuesday, Friday. And those days you, I I would like to, you know, I don't want to do the dishes. Maybe you would like to do the dishes. And then on those other days of the week, either if you want to cook or we order in, but this is what I'm willing to do. And this is what I'm willing to do in our relationship. And then what are you willing to do in order to kind of figure out who's going to do what? Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it does. And I like how when you ask those open-ended questions, it leaves room for dialogue.
2: Exactly. Because I think a lot of us think we need to have control over our partners or um, that we have ideas about how they should kind of act and behave though by trying to force somebody to do things and control the situation, it will build, like we were talking about resentment on both ends. So it's about how can we both get our needs met without kind of forcing or yelling and screaming and accusing and blaming maybe by dialogue questions, you know, seeing where where you both stand and how you can both have maybe common ground and knowing it's okay to disagree on things. And have different ideas, um, but okay, what can we do about it today? You don't, you don't want to ever cook. Okay, let's order in. <laughs> <laughs> These are the days I want to cook. So you don't want to cook? Pick up takeout. You know, there's always another way to think about it or or to do it.
0: I like that you mentioned that specific example. Like you don't want to cook, and then order out, and. I think oftentimes when we're having these conversations, it can feel like a an either or thing. And and one of the beautiful things about being spoiled in the twenty first century is there's a lot of things that can solve your problems pretty easily. And and so I'm thinking of sometimes Sarah and I will have a scheduling conflict where I want to go and uh, surf, and someone needs to watch our daughter. And I really want to go, you know, conditions are going to be good. And I spend a lot of time with Stella and it's like, I got to get this. And so rather than arguing who has to watch Stella, I've just in the last year finally realized, oh, wait, like get a babysitter. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, you don't want that to be the default. Like, uh, you know, I want to spend time with my child. But but just it really changed my thinking of like, this doesn't need to be An issue. You might hate cooking and and your partner really doesn't want to cook that night. Don't make that like the pressure point, like find an easy solution that can keep both of you happy and it doesn't need to cause it. And I'm not saying, you know, have your cake and eat it too. Like I said, you don't, I don't want to get the babysitter every time, but that there is this uh, ability to solve the problem through that creative thinking.
2: Exactly. What else can we do about it? Sometimes we think, "Oh, it has to be our partner that does it." Then, but there's always extra alternatives. You can negotiate, like, "I'm going to surf this week. Do you want to go do something with your friends? You know, next weekend, and I'll stay with Stella." Um, you know, talking about it and kind of communicating about where can we meet here. This is something I'd really like to do. How can we make this work? versus like I'm gonna do this and that's it and you need to do this, you know, which I think we tend to talk more that way instead of um making it an open conversation.
0: Well, Sarah and I need to have that check in. You know, we've been together <laughs> ten visited. years and it works pretty well. But I think if we if we sat down and and just can always be better. Yes, exactly. So this is extra motivation to to have that explicit conversation and you've given hopefully our listeners a lot of great tools. I know Sarah and I have, uh, like I said, we got that motivation now to have that conversation more. So I'm interested to check in with Sarah and see like if the roles she's been doing are okay. Cause she's like so easygoing, and we'll just kind of go along and, and maybe there's some things that <laughs> I could help out a little bit with just so, do
1: the dishes
0: yes <laughs>
1: <laughs> every night yeah I that's it just do the dish. pretty simple
0: <laughs> i love it well
1: and maybe that allows
2: sarah to be more easygoing if she feels like you got it and you're not one to kind of take that for granted and you're doing your part it's then it, it can flow easy that way too
0: i try not to take it for granted and i should probably tell her how thankful i am more often Aww. so i'll do it now <laughs> so thankful. So Thanks, very man. thankful. And we're thankful for you coming on the show, Eileen, and sharing this excellent knowledge. So why don't we wrap up by having you tell our listeners where they can find you online, and then we'll say goodbye.
2: Okay. Well, my website is www.drailene.com doctor spelled out. And I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Dr. Eileen. Um, doctor and then I-L-E-N-E.
1: Perfect. Well, all the links will be on the show notes and on our website at idpodcast.com. And thank you again for joining us on the show. Thanks for having me. Hi guys. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. As always, all the links are in the show notes page as well as on the podcast description. And while you're on our website, we encourage you guys to check out our 14 day happy couple challenge. We send you an email for 14 days with simple, doable challenges to help strengthen and improve your relationship. And on our website, we also have a bunch of free resources for your relationship. So we encourage you to check those out. Uh, We also have our love tribe on Facebook. Uh, We encourage you guys to join the tribe and uh, be there for support for each other if you have questions or just need some relationship advice. slash unlock and you can unlock that special offer and learn more as always thank you guys so much and we'll see you next week